Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 291. My name's Adam Patterson. I'm joined today by Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing okay. How was your Memorial Day weekend? It was it was uh it wasn't too bad. Yours? It was pretty good. My dad was visiting and uh we we went to the spy museum. So we went to this uh so there's like an international spy museum or something like that in New York. Uh, but there's also one that just opened called Spyscape, which is another okay. spy museum. And Spyscape is interesting because it's like, it's all interactive. So when you first, you so you, you make a reservation and then you go in and you get these like wristbands and you scan the wristbands like on every section of the museum you go into and like there's these like kiosks and you'll scan your wristband and then you'll you'll do you'll answer questions at the kiosk and some of them are like personality questions and then some of them are questions to assess your like your risk-taking behavior or your logic so like there'll be like math questions in there and like logic puzzles and stuff like that and they're all like, it's like all to build this profile to see what kind of spy you would be. And then each section of the museum is uh, like sectioned off into different categories that spies have to, I guess, excel in or different, just different types of things that spies do. So you have like surveillance, um, hacking, there's a, like a hacking section, there's uh special ops section Uh, I can't remember all of them there's an encryption section so like the encryption section is all about uh, a lot of it is about the uh, the Enigma machine and they actually have a replica of the Enigma machine in there which is kind of cool they they actually have the one that was used in the imitation game and then they have like a whole bunch of uh, like props and stuff from the movie and then like you, so there's the, the individual stations and then each section has its own like interactive game sort of. So like for the, for the encryption one, there's these like giant tables that have screens on them and you go up and you scan your, your bracelet and then you do this like game where it's like this uh, very simple sort of encryption puzzle thing. And it tells a story as you go and, and you find out after you finish the game, if you win, um, that it's actually a true story that you played through uh, of this this woman who was a spy for the Allies in World War II. So, you know, it's uh, definitely got some edutainment. However, some of them I'm not so sure how <laughs> educational they are. Like the special ops uh, game, they just put you in a room and it's a completely black hallway And there's lasers, there's like green lasers that are from wall to wall. And the object of the game is to get through the hallway without tripping any of the lasers. And you have to hit these buttons that, that light up on the wall. So it's sort of like, Mm -hmm. um, what was that movie? The one with, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones that called entrapment. Is that the name of that movie? I forget, but I know exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it was I think it was entrapment, but it was it was like that where, you know, there's there's lasers everywhere, you got to avoid them. And if you trip one of the lasers, it knocks like 5 seconds off your time, so you're you you're on a time limit. You have to hit as many of these things on the wall as you can. It's it's actually really fun uh and and really cool, but uh, I'm not sure how educational that was. And then there's this like one giant surveillance room where it's sort of like this domed round room and there's just tons of video feeds like all over um like at the top near the ceiling and you you have to put on these headphones and they'll ask you questions and you have to answer the questions about what you're observing like they'll be like what's the man in camera number 33 doing and you have to say like reading and then like it'll go through and they'll test you on how good you are at observing um, like camera feeds and stuff. But it was really fun. It was really fun. My, I had a good time. My dad had a good time with it. And uh, I would definitely recommend going if you're in New York. It just opened. So um, some of the lines were 
kind of long. The special ops one was ridiculous. Uh, they, it was so long, in fact, that like they ended up giving us all free coffee because we had to wait so long. <laughs> but uh, the the other stuff was not too bad as far as like the wait goes. And you do this whole thing where like they brief you before you go in. And you have to go into this like giant ass elevator. And while you're riding the elevator up, this guy like gives you this briefing on how to do everything. It's really fun. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. So I would recommend that. It's called Spyscape in right. New York. It's in, it's in Midtown. Uh, this week on the show, we'll be talking about John Cameron Mitchell's How to Talk to Girls at Parties, along with someone we're watching on the watch list, including my thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. We'll be previewing some new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. I think we're just going to... Uh, actually, you know what? I just have one bit of housekeeping this week. No, Ryan watches a movie. He was having uh, some technical difficulties this week and is unable to record, but we should be back with that next week. God okay. willing. God willing. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> God willing. Let's dive into our review. We're talking about John Cameron Mitchell's How to Talk to Girls at Parties. I have a synopsis here. An alien touring the galaxy breaks away from her group and meets two young inhabitants of the most dangerous place in the universe, the the London suburb of Croydon. Uh, All right. I think I'll start this one off this week. I I was somewhat excited for how to talk to girls at parties. Now, if you remember, this was my on my most anticipated list for, I don't remember if it was 2016 or 2017, but it was, it was on my most anticipated list for one of those. I think it might've been 2017. So I was pretty excited about this. It's based on a, a short story by Neil Gaiman. I love, I love his stuff. So, you know, pretty, pretty stoked about this one it takes place in, in uh, the UK in the 70s, 1977, I think, right at the height of the punk, uh, you know, trend that was happening during that time. And I was really into punk music growing up, so I was, I was pretty excited for this. Uh, but boy, I was <laughs> let down hard with this movie. Uh, I found this movie to be completely insufferable. I... There, there are really for me no redeeming qualities to this movie. I could not stand a second of it. I was, I was wondering. I was really wondering what what your thoughts were going to be on this one. When did you know? Uh, like, I, I knew. It, <laughs> I, I knew. I knew we were in trouble. The opening scene. That that yeah. weird, <laughs> ch- choppy, choppy ass slow motion that that like it wasn't slow motion. It was like they knocked the frame rate to like ten frames per second, so it was like jumping frames, and it it, it looked so bad. I was like, "What are they doing here? I, we're not getting off to the to, on the right foot with this movie." And that that, that was like. So right off the bat, I was like, all right, there's something I don't know about this. And that doesn't that really does not happen all too often with me. It's extremely rare where like for me, it was it had to be within the first, you know, what it would. How long is that sequence? Like a minute, two minutes long, if that. Yeah. And I like I just had this intense reaction to it where i was just like i hate this i'm gonna hate this like i can't stand any of this it's awful it's insufferable it looks disgusting just it's so ugly and i was just i it's very rare to have that such a a reaction like that with it within a short amount of time because usually you know it takes a while you you know you're always kind of like hanging on you're always kind of like actively trying to engage with the movie and i it's very rare to be like right from the outset you just get knocked on your ass like i'm gonna hate this yeah (laughs) and to know that you like i have almost two hours of this like (laughs) i i only got through two minutes like this is gonna be rough yeah that's exactly how i felt i was like oh my god 
And then like, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we're just getting off on the wrong foot. Maybe it's going to pull itself together here. We can, we can forgive that really bad intro. Let's just hope that the, you know, the, the plot is good. The narrative's good. Let's, let's, let's see how this, this goes. Well, maybe these will be really likable characters, but no, no, it, it, to me, this is like a failure on pretty much every level. Like you said, it's an ugly, ugly movie. It does not look good in any way from the, the lighting, the cinematography, the costumes, everything is so poorly done that I just, I couldn't believe that this was like a, a professional movie with these pretty high profile actors. Like I couldn't believe it really. Like as I was watching this, I just, it didn't make any sense to me how that this was like an actual like professional film. And it, not yeah. only do you have the, like the choppy frame rate, whatever the fuck thing going on in the opening sequence, but he does that like three or four or five, maybe even five more times throughout. Yeah. yeah. They keep coming back to it for some reason. I don't know what that was all about. That was just absolutely horrible choice to, to do that. And you know, you have like these characters. So as I said in the synopsis, it sounds like kind of a, a wild story, right? It's these aliens that come to Earth and, you know, one of them played by uh, Elle Fanning falls in love with this this punk rock kid who are, are any of us to believe that this kid is like an actual punk rock kid or any of his friends. They all they all just seem like such posers in this movie <laughs> like none of them seem real then Nicole Kidman too like what is happening with her in this yeah. movie everything felt so fake and forced and I just was not believing any of it and and, and like so like Elle Fanning plays this alien she falls for this guy and she she wants to learn the ways of of punk rock and wants to learn how humans work and stuff and and then there's like all the the other aliens are trying to get her to come back so they can apparently get eaten by their parents uh, for some reason and they and they wear these like latex suits that I think is supposed to be sort of uh, avant-garde or provocative in some way but it just looks bad and I also want to know <clears throat> where do they come from? Like, do they bring those suits with them when they land on Earth, or do they land on Earth and then immediately make these latex suits? That's a good question because I, I took it as I don't know where they got the suits, but I'm pretty sure that like the bodies that they were in were not yeah. actually their bodies. So. It's a good question. Did they make the suits to fit the bodies of the the vessels that they're inhabiting, or or what? What's uh, going yeah. on with that? Who I knows? Know. But yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Where everything just seems really fake, and just really forced. Like I don't. It's just. It's such a bizarre production to watch. It's so. It's it. It feels like instead of like. They attempted, like you go into it thinking that this is going to be a real movie, like a real science fiction movie with aliens and stuff. And there's just, there's going to be something to it, but it comes off more like it kind of, it kind of comes off like, like LARPing. Like these are just people like not yeah. like full on professionals where, and you're just like, it was so oversold, but you're just kind of like. Almost throughout the entirety of it, I wasn't so much so like pissed off or upset that it was so bad. It's just more so that I was just baffled and just really confused as to how it existed. And yeah, what, uh, like was this some sort of bizarre joke? Like this played in theaters? Like this got a wide release? Or no? I like <laughs> it, it. It came out. This this Friday, in limited release, I believe. And like this played at like festivals, like this actually screened at festivals. Yeah, it did. 
and John Cameron Mitchell is actually someone. He is. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, to be to to be honest, I'm not a big fan of his. I, I've only seen, I think, maybe one of his other movies. I, I've only seen Short Bus. I did not see Rabbit Hole or Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I'm sure that the book is good, and I'd like to I'd, I'd like to read the short story that this is based based on. I'm sure that it's probably quite good. You know, going into it, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be like Earth Girls Are Easy, but with a '70s punk aesthetic. And I'm like, I kind of I'm kind of digging that. You know, you have this fish out of water thing with this this weird alien group that's trying to learn humans and learn how they work and the, the two of them form a relationship and they learn how to, you know, love each other. And it sounds like it could be a fun time, but it's just not because they just don't really do anything with well, it. And it's, also it's, it's really, it, it feels extremely familiar too, in the sense that a lot of it is just the old, you know, she's an alien so she doesn't really understand how humans work, but she understands enough of the English language and is able to, you know, piece together these sentences that makes it sound like she she knows what's going on. So it makes her set just come off as this really bizarre person that you kind of believe that she's a human being, but she's really not. And oh man, it makes for some humorous errors, but uh, it's just... It's so fucking tiresome. Yeah, it is. And it's just all so bad. It looks so ugly with this weird ass, that frame rate shit. And then when you're not, when he's not doing that, you have, you know, like someone exiting a doorway and walking down a hallway. And it's like, yeah, let's put the camera at like a 45 degree tilt just for this shot. And it's just, it's so off putting. In so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the music's not even good either. Like, I was expecting, you know, this has sort of a punk theme. I was like, oh, man, they're going to bring in a lot of classic punk tracks. But they don't need, like, the music's not even that good in this. So it's like, What's, it's, it's just, just got it's nothing not going real, for it. It's not a whole lot of punk in it. Seems no, like it has more of the, 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 you know, the new you know, like the craft work or whatever going on, whatever they're yeah. listening to the aliens. I, I don't know what the hell they got going on with their <laughs> avant-garde electronica shit, which I just, if, and the design of them is just so bizarre to me where they're like, what was it? Like six different races of aliens. And one of them's like, they're Cirque du Soleil guys. It's like, what, what? That's all they do. It's just they do like human pyramids and tumble. Like, why would they yeah, do that? Each, but like, what <laughs> what purpose does that serve each, in your society? I don't know. Each group has their own like stuff, like the, their own shtick. Like each group does their own thing. Like the the orange ones seem to be like the like the sex ones, maybe where they can. Well, it's not even they just they just anally fist yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they just, they're just, they're just like playing with people. butts. They're just into butts. That's all. And they can like, they can like split themselves. They can like go inside of each other. And I don't know. That was probably yeah, one of the one of the only really cool looking scenes is when the one formed out of the other one. Yeah. And what was up with Nicole Kidman in this? She plays this like sort of matriarch of the punks, but I'm not really sure what purpose her role served. And, and like the, the, the outfits that she wore and her makeup and stuff just seemed so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, after a certain point, I just like, I just didn't care. There was just really, because even after that initial 
like I said, that, you know, knocked me on my ass and I'm just like, wow, I am going to hate this. I already hate it so much and it's only been two minutes. Like, this is just going to be rough. But I was able to, like, kind of, like, calm it down, like, okay, all right, just, like, calm down. You, you still got, like, an hour and 40 minutes of the thing. Like, there's going to be something. <laughs> there's going to be, like, the performances, you know, there, there might be some good performances. You might see some interesting stuff, you, you know. Maybe some just, like, wacky shit that it's just like, wow, I can't believe I just saw that in a movie. Wonderful. Creativity. Great. But there was literally nothing for me. Like, a, not one single no. aspect of this movie where I was like, okay, that was worth it. No, unfortunately, uh, I felt the same way. There was just nothing, nothing for me in this either. It was a train wreck. I really wanted to turn it off. I, I didn't want to continue watching it. I I just felt like it was such a chore to, to get through this movie. And it's like an hour and 42 minutes too. So it's like, it's not a short movie either. It just, and it just keeps going on forever. And you're just like, all right, somebody needs to die or they need to go back to their home planet or something. And then, you know, it, like where it goes with the love story is so awful too. And then, None of it really makes a lot of sense, and you're and just, just like, why are we doing any of this? And just the insult to injury, like that that ending to it was just <laughs> like they had the camera fixated on all these all these teen faces, yeah, just uh, cool. and that didn't make sense to me either. So many different looks and ethnicities. <laughs> I just never. I, even at being an hour and, you know, 42 minutes or whatever, like, I still don't really understand what the fuck, what they're doing here. Like, what was the purpose of the tour? Like, I never understand how you have aliens where they're like, the aliens are here to gather information. And then they either just kill everyone or they kill themselves where it's like, why do they need the information then if you're just going to eat yourselves? Yeah, that's, see, that's it. All seems kind of ridiculous. I don't. That's that's what I didn't really get because they said that they were like touring the world or something, right? And like they were doing this big tour, and then when they ended the tour, they were gonna, I guess, go home and eat each other. But <laughs> I it it just like didn't really make sense to me. Like, why? What was the point? Like the the goal. Like the one guy, his goal, and this is a mild spoiler, but he wanted to just end everything. He wanted to end all of them. And so it's like, what's the point of even doing any of that? Why why do this elaborate tour of the world when you know you're just going to eat each other? Yeah, I don't. I just. What a shit show. I did not care about anything i just didn't care about a single fucking thing that happened yeah this will probably go down as biggest disappointment of the year for me for sure i just i don't understand how this happened nor do i nor do i any final thoughts on how to talk to girls at parties how did it happen how how did they secure funding? <laughs> How did they get people to sign on for it? I have just at every juncture of this movie, I want to know why and how from pre-production because the whole way to post-production. I just need a why and how to every single decision that was made. I think on paper, this movie probably seemed like a good idea. Like it, you know, these actors probably read the short story and they were probably like, oh, that seems kind of fun and clever and a neat idea and a good, a good story, a good love story. But execution wise, I don't know, man. I, I, again, I would really like, I would really like to read the original story. I just also love the, cause I didn't read the synopsis and until you read it at the beginning that was the first time i heard it and i just loved the ending piece of the most dangerous place in the universe the london suburb of croydon which the way they show croydon in this movie is 
I mean, just incredibly sanitized. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's like it's your grandparents' idea of punk in the seventies. Like everything's nice and clean. <laughs> They're so well behaved for punks too. Like, yeah. No one's really out of control or rambunctious or just like they're they're pretty well behaved. They seem pretty organized. Uh, they're punctual. I, it's just it didn't feel punk in any way, shape or form. No, no, definitely didn't. Definitely did not. All right. Let's give this thing a score. What are you going to give it out of 10? Like a point five. <laughs> point five. I, like, honestly, oh, I don't. Like it's a one from me. Uh, just, just a probably one of the worst things I've seen this year. I would definitely avoid it at all costs. It's just, uh, just an awful experience that I couldn't wait for it to be over. Everything is so cringy in this movie. That's the thing. Like every, almost every scene, I was rolling my eyes and just like, oh my god, it's getting worse. It's getting so much worse. <laughs> Uh, and like the musical number when she suddenly is front fronting a punk band and uh, yeah. oh god oh man that that's so brutal that was yeah there's a lot of secondhand embarrassment being had with that one i just i muted it it is just do it. unbelievable all right, that's how to talk to girls at parties. That's playing in limited release right now. Again, uh, definitely not not worth a look on this one. That that is a misfire from John Cameron Mitchell. Every every piston misfiring on that one. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on and talk about what we've been watching on the watch list. Kevin, you can start it off this week. Okay, I saw that that cargo, that Netflix zombie. Oh yeah, Martin Freeman. Which uh, man, the 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 beginning of this, just some really really stupid decisions, just which made it really difficult to get into. Um, essentially how they how they get infected. Um. Right, right. Which I know you like. You need that to happen, and it's not really that that big of a an occurrence in the movie. So, like, I once it got past that, and it got into like the real the meat of it, you know, where it's him trying to get his baby daughter to safety. So I was able to kind of be somewhat forgiving of it, but just to have, you know, for for it to be. It seemed unnecessary to have it be the wife's fault for something really, really superficial. Well, but no, but I don't think it was the wife's fault because he was the one who says it's clear. He told her that there was no danger and it was clear, so she went to get more stuff. Uh, so, so okay. I think yeah, that's right. So that's really, true. That's really true. was. But it did fault. seem like it just seemed for her to go back for that. Yeah, it was. It was, was kind of. She, she was ridiculous. trying to do something nice and then, for him. And then, I mean, he made it much, much worse with his decision making. From that point forward, it was even worse because man, he's an idiot. Yeah, well, he de- <laughs> well, <laughs> most just, definitely. Good lord. <clears throat> but I thought once you got into that, from from that point forward. I thought it was a decent movie. I was, I was, uh, I was surprised. Yeah, me too. At how much I actually enjoyed this. Uh, I mean, it felt a little bit predictable in a lot of ways, and there is not kind of like um, the movie that we just discussed. Kind of the same thing where it kept doing this like slow mo, where it kept like slowing stuff down. I guess for like added emph- emphasis, like. To, get you in your feels you hit your emotions and it just it always looked awful i just i don't know why people keep trying to do this yeah like stop stop messing around with frame rates and your slow mos 
it's just it's not working <laughs> it's not working for you bud <laughs> it's just it looks so bad it looks like a <clears throat> i don't know why but it reminds me of like a tv movie for some reason i just sometimes it does yeah tv movie I enjoyed Cargo. I, I liked the ending a lot. I, I thought that the ending was actually pretty powerful. Yeah. <clears throat> and all, it's just... Martin Freeman's character is just... He's not... Uh, he's not the brightest. He's really slow. Like, when he gets when he gets help... When he helps out that guy with the truck. And then when he gets back to the... Like, it took him entirely too long to figure out what was going on there. And I don't even think he really figured it out. I think it more so he had to be told well i think part of it was yes i think that he is oblivious to what was going on around him but i also think that part of him he didn't really care like he he his sole focus was getting the baby to safety and he really didn't care about anybody else or what you know kind of situation they were in too so i think that he sort of put the blinders on to a lot of what was going on around him. But also he's sort of an idiot. Yeah. All right. So that's Cargo on Netflix. Uh, Sounds like a light recommend from you then? It's a light light recommend. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend checking it out too. I I know that most people are, are sort of done with the whole zombie thing, but I thought that this one was it's just it was just different enough yeah yeah that's what i wanted to say it's just just different enough to to warrant a look we'll be coming back to the zombie theme later in a in a few minutes uh so i saw solo a star wars story um this one i thought was was okay i wasn't really blown away by it I, i don't i didn't really have high expectations going into it now i'm uh I would call myself a casual fan of Star Wars. I used to really be into Star Wars when I was younger, but sort of just got out of it as I got older. I still go see all the movies. I like the lore. I like a lot of the characters, uh, but I don't know. I, I was somewhat excited for this one, mostly due to the um, mostly due to the the some of the actors that were in this movie specifically Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian Woody Harrelson I was pretty excited for I was excited for that Bradford Young cinematography and all of that stuff all of the things that I went to go see this for uh were really good so like Donald Glover is fantastic as Lando I don't know I mean there's already talk about giving him his own standalone movie and I think that's totally warranted because he's fantastic in this Alden Ehrenreich I uh, thought he did a really good job as young Han Solo and I liked I generally liked this story it had lots of twists and turns and they sort of they were sort of um, trying to capitalize on the whole smuggler thing so there was there were lots of like smaller set pieces with heists and things. And there were like tons of like double crosses and triple crosses. And this person's betraying this person. And I thought that was kind of fun. Overall, I was like, there were, there were some things that happened in the movie that would, I would say are spoilers where I'm just like, eh, not really buying that. I'm not really, not really into where this is going. And there's like, there's like some things that happen where I'm just like, really? Like you, you're going to, okay, we're going to go there with it. We're going to do that. There were certain fan servicey things that happened that felt a little heavy-handed to me, uh, especially something big that happens towards the end. I was just like, eh, I don't know about that. I gave it a three out of five on Letterboxd. I think I think that I would really like to see what Lord and Miller had in store for this one. You know, yeah, Ron, Ron Howard took over and I really wanted to, I, I would really like to see what, how they were, what their plan was. I, Cause I think it was, it, it would be a lot better. I really do. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to like rag on Ron Howard here or anything, but if you were thinking of, okay, Ron Howard's going to direct one of these Star Wars stories, you know, he, he's going to direct a character and make a film standalone of one character 
to me, Han Solo is like the furthest character away that I would have. I would be comfortable with Ron Howard directing. Yeah. Like, yeah, (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense to me. Certainly Lord Miller seemed like a better fit. See, Yeah, that makes more sense. Like, it just makes sense to have at least someone that would get handled like the the smart assery of right of han solo and i don't when i think of that you know first name that comes to my head is definitely not ron howard yeah you don't you don't think of uh the name ron howard when you think of like uh like cocky scoundrel you know yeah yeah the wise the wise cracking scoundrel yeah of han solo Let's be honest, like Han Solo is like he's 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 pretty much a dick. He's a dick. I mean he's not he's not a bad guy, but there's a lot of dickishness to him. Yeah. And I mean, I don't there's a, see, there's a, he does a lot of dickish things in this in this movie, I would say, especially at the beginning, but uh not not as much as what you might expect from the character. Yeah, and I'm just the, I'm the, not the, thinking, I think the the thing that people need to remember is that this is a prequel. So if you go back to episode four, if you go back to a new hope and you look at that Han Solo, that needs to be more like this one. You know what <clears throat> I mean? Not rather because in the original trilogy, there's a pretty big arc that he has, you know, that yeah. character changes a lot by, by return of the Jedi. So you need to go back and you need him to be more like the criminal that he well, yeah. starts I out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other thing is like I, I see him as a dick and that's the older Han Solo. So if he's that much of a dick as an adult, he's probably you're going to take that dickishness and times it by two at least in the younger years. Because you, you don't start off as like a decent person and just, you're, you know, really thoughtful and nice and then become a dick. Like you're a huge dick and then kind of whittle it down to being kind of a dick. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I one could probably argue that the events of this movie made him more of a dick. Uh, but okay. but I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I saw Yilen. Uh, this is from 1987. I have no idea if I said that right, by the way. Uh, Suleiman Sisi. This is a movie that I've been wanting to see for quite some time. Um, this is Molly. So this is uh, like a sci-fi action-adventure quest-type film steeped in Molly folklore. And it's got... Number one, for me, I love Quest. If it's a Quest, I'm in. Count me in. Hell yeah. Fucking love Quest. Um, Second, it's steeped in folklore. Love folklore. Almost any country's folklore is interesting. It's all hell. And I just find it absolutely captivating. Second, or hell, I'm on third. Sorry. There's magic. And I just like magic. Especially when you put it in with the questing. If you're throwing in magic and the magic in this one is like, it's kind of, it's kind of small scale magic and it's intermittent. It's not like, you know, it's not just crazy wall to wall magic happening all the time. It's just intermittent sporadic magic, just some, some small scale pyrotechnics, just putting some people in some trances, that type of thing. But, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Now, the only thing is, is a little bit different than, you know, most questing action adventure movies is this is slow. Like they take their time with it and really get into like the, the folklore and the tradition and the superstitions and all that. So it's a guy, father, trying to find his son. He wants to kill his son. And he has this magic post that is essentially guiding him to find his son and his son is trying to find his uncle so he can help defeat his father and they got they got all these fetishes they the this special necklace and they got like 
crystal pyramids that they use and the magic stick and the magic post and there's the magic giant wing type deal that they got. Oh man. And it's just like the terrain is unbelievable going through the desert. You got these natural springs. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. And this is, you can actually see this two different places. It's on movie, uh, going by the, the American or the, the English title of brightness. And then it got added to Filmstruck along with like, I think like seven or eight other African movies, which is pretty fantastic. So I highly recommend this. If you're, if, I mean, if you're into questing with some magic, come on now. Yeah, I might have to give this a look. It's called Yelin. Yes. Uh, uh, man, I had a rough, pretty rough week of uh, of watching here. So I saw Sequence Break. This is uh, a Shutter exclusive. Came out this weekend. It's directed by Graham Skipper. Uh, it's this sort of uh, surreal sci-fi horror movie that's it's very Cronenberg uh, esque. So you have sort of these hideous, gross, living machine type things, uh, lots of uh, lots of like pulsating innuendo that's happening, lots of slime, uh, and basically it's about this this dude who works as a technician at an arcade machine repair shop, and they get this machine in that uh, sort of. Uh, sort of haunted haunted arcade machine that mm-hmm. hypnotizes you and sort of makes you want to play it and then it like s- sort of sucks you into its world it's it's like this this uh portal into like another another world another reality mm-hmm yeah, you know, it's a kind of a, an interesting concept. It's it sound it's like a little. It's definitely Cronenberg mixed with uh, maybe like Tetsuo the Iron Man. It's not great. There, there. The the one thing that I will give it credit for is that there's some really cool, um, like practical effects in it. Uh, really really interesting, weird, gross stuff happens in this movie. However, the characters are very unlikable. And again, this is another situation where everything feels like forced. Like I'm not believe like there's this love story that that's that they sort of shoehorn in. And it's like, I'm not believing any of this for one second. Like, why is she acting this way to him? Like, I feel like she has some sort of ulterior motive here, but I'm not sure what it is. I don't trust her. She's she's acting like she's this like big nerd. She's like dropping like Back to the Future references and stuff, and but it all feels very forced and not quite right. And so that like instantly brought me out of it. And just the the story itself is just really kind of bare bones, and it doesn't really go anywhere that interesting. So can't can't recommend sequence break. Uh, but if you do want to check it out, it's on Shutter. If you have a subscription, uh, that's all I have for for movies. I got uh, I started watching the uh, the Sinner that oh, show yeah? that show watching the Sinner, which I did not know was um, what's his name uh, Antonio Campos. Oh yeah, didn't know he I didn't know he made that show, which uh, not too bad. Actually, kind of got hooked in it, but I don't know if it's because it's it's a, actually a good show, or if it's just my tendency to get hooked on any type of mystery, where I'm just regardless of quality, I have to know what happened. So I'm like, well, I yeah, have to watch every single episode now to find out what happened, instead of just reading like a Wikipedia article on it. Uh that's how I am too. I gotta. <laughs> I got to see it through. Like I'm, I'm watching that killing Eve show on BBC America. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Cause I was, I was a big fan of Fleabag. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's definitely, it's not what I expected. There's, there's this, um, 
there's this like layer of dark humor to it that I wasn't quite uh, anticipating that really works in its favor. Uh, I, I saw Death Wish. This is the, the new Death Wish. I thought uh, you saw the new Death Wish. No, I didn't see the new one. No, not the new one. Yeah, if you remember a few months back before the new one came out, I, I did watch the entire Death Wish series because I had never seen any of the Death Wish movies, but now I saw all of them, including the new one uh, directed by Eli Roth. This is the one with Bruce Willis. Uh, not good. Just uh, pretty boring for the most part. Uh, one one thing that I will mention. Now, if you go back and you listen to whatever episode it was w- the week that this came out, there was a prediction I made and I said, oh, well, Bruce Willis plays a doctor in this. In the original, Charles Bronson played an architect. But in, in this one, he plays a doctor. And my prediction was that at some point, he's going to be torturing or or confronting a bad guy and he's going to say something like I just cut this artery you have this amount of time to live before you tell me what I need to know you know he's going to use his doctor skills to get back at the bad guys and that happens I am happy (laughs) to say that absolutely happens in this movie I was 100% right in my prediction uh, that does not that is not a good thing actually for the, for the movie for the movie's sake uh, this is yeah it, it's pretty much it follows the same path as the original film it's it's uh in some ways it's, so it's more violent than the original film you know it's 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 Eli Roth so you have s- a few moments of like extreme gore where it's it almost fe- it's like so extreme it almost feels out of place where you're just like oh okay well that guy's head just like exploded and there's brains everywhere and it's like that doesn't really match everything we saw previously but all right we'll uh, we'll roll with it here uh so in that regard it's it's more extreme than the original however they toned back they dialed back the the whole home invasion that sort of kicked off the whole thing when his yeah. wife gets murdered and his daughter ends up in a coma. They, they dialed that back significantly, which I was actually thankful for because I felt like they took things too far in the original one. Like they didn't need to go that far with it in order to justify him going on this, this quest to murder all the criminals. Now you say Other quest. than that, it, is there magic? No. Oh, see, no. it's not a quest then. See, I that's how I that's how I define a quest. Quest guy has some magic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I no Bruce Willis is this... not. I, I think I think the movie would be a lot better if if Bruce okay, Willis that did was have some be my sort of magical is... power. <laughs> would this movie be better with magic? But yeah, but then again, what movie would not be better? With magic. That's every, true. Every movie would be better with magic. Let's be real. That's true. That is true. This I was just, just wish, average. I wish best. there was more magic in movies. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised you watched this. I mean, I guess you kind of had to after you watched all the Death Wishes. It seemed like... Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. I just wanted to give it a look, you know? Why, why not? Because you're so have... close to... Well, you're so close to being a completionist, you know? Where you spent all that time I, watching all the other ones, and then there's just one more there for you. You're like, well, I might as well become a completionist and just I, watch well, this new one. Yes, I am a bit of a completionist when it comes to any any movie series. I'm definitely a completionist when it comes to that. One thing that bothered me about this movie, you see it in the trailer, but you don't see how often it occurs. They will frequently cut to Sirius XM like radio DJs. So you have like sway. It'll just be chiming in like this, this guy, he's running around killing people. He's, he's not uh, following the law here. We need to stop this guy. And then you have the other DJ who's like, this guy's doing what the cops can't. I say, let him go and let him do his thing. And you just, you have this over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, I get it. There's commentary about this guy. Let's just leave it. We understand and we can assume 
that with this guy out on the loose killing people, that there's going to be radio personalities talking about it and social media talking about it. Like that it's a foregone conclusion. We don't have to keep revisiting fucking sway giving his opinion because it doesn't feel it's just like what what is going on here did Sirius XM sponsor this movie did they give him did they throw him some money to make this movie like why is there so much Sirius XM happening here yeah I don't know if it was like some sort of product placement or what but man that got on my nerves so bad anyway death wish not worth looking looking at it's it's very forgettable and pretty boring <sighs> anything else on your list no that's it for me all right I'll, I'll mention one other one this this goes back to the whole zombie thing this is a movie called feral from uh, mark young this came out uh, on vod this weekend ifc put it out it's a super by the numbers boring ass horror movie about a group of medical students who they just want to get out. They just want to go away for a weekend. They want to put down the books. They want to relax. They want to go out in the woods in the middle of nowhere and do some camping. But turns out there's some sort of horrible virus in the woods that is uh, infecting that, that infects people. So, so you have uh, these, Basically, they're like the zombies from 28 Days Later, where they're not regular zombies. They're they're more the kind of the fast rage-induced zombies. Okay. And of course, if you get bit by one or scratched, you you go through this transformation and you turn into one. Really, the only difference is that in this movie, during the day, they they lie dormant. So during the day, it's safe to move around. And they, because they like sleep, they go into this like, uh, like coma sort of yeah. sleep during the day, which leads me to one of the biggest glaring issues that happens in this movie. Like they're like, one of them gets injured and they, they spend the whole day seemingly doing nothing. And at one point they're like, we got to go to the hospital. We got to take them to the hospital like right now. And the one, the other character's like, oh, we can't go. It's almost nighttime. And I'm like, what did you do? You, you, it was just nighttime. Like, what did you do all day? You just sit around doing nothing? Like, why are you not escaping right now? It's a very frustrating movie that d- defies all logic. And, you know, of course, the main character is an epidemiologist. So she knows a thing or two about viruses and infections. Or she's mm-hmm. in school to be one, rather. But it doesn't really help her in any way. And it's just really just a basic, boring-ass zombie movie with nothing that really distinguishes it from anything else. There's some decent uh, practical effects in this. That's probably the only... Yeah, you know, I gave it one star on Letterboxd. That one star is really just for the effects work. Um, yeah. there's, there's some decent makeup work done here. Uh, and, uh, all the effects, at least from what I could tell were done practically and they look, they look quite good. So that's the only plus that I will give it. Everything else is, uh, really standard and really horrible. So that's feral. Wouldn't you just like during the daytime, just kill, just kill. Yeah. Just or kill. Well, well, the problem was. They didn't they want to kill them. They didn't <clears throat> yeah. want to do it because they were they were like their friends that got infected. So they they wanted to try to figure out a way to uh, <laughs> cure it. I guess I don't know. Just it it doesn't work. It's just just die. I don't understand. Put so much you know effort into it. I'd be out. Just, I'd be like, all just right, dying to be over with it. And they they end up meeting this guy in the woods, and the guy is aware of the virus, and he's like. There is no cure. I tried coming up with one. There's nothing that can be done. You got to kill them. That's the only way. Like they don't get better. My son turned. I had him chained up in my house for like months or whatever. And they don't get better. They, there's nothing that can be done. And he says like flat out, like they die first. 
then they come back. So it's like, well, there's not, there's not going to be a cure because they're already dead. Like they die Mm -hmm. and and then come back. So, I mean, presumably if you cure the virus, the body will just die anyway. Yeah. That's what I mean. Whatever. It's horrible. Just avoid it. Mm. Let's talk about some new releases in theaters this week. Uh, One that I'm, quite excited for that's coming out this week is upgrade this is from uh lee wanel uh, i'm not sure if you i'm not sure if you saw anything about this no i have not i didn't know you had a new one it's an action sci-fi movie it looks awesome the um the fight choreography in it looks really really impressive that's that's what has me excited for it looks pretty badass um if you're not familiar with the plot it's sort of like this this guy who is a i think he was like in an accident uh he was like uh mugged and he becomes a paraplegic and he goes through this like experimental treatment that that essentially puts a computer inside of his body that will control his his body and it sort of gives him superhuman abilities in a way nice looks awesome can't wait for for that one uh what else do we have we have a drift this is the uh love story with uh shailene woodley based on a true story i believe uh and i think it's based on a book as well yeah it looks like what on the out in the ocean, they're drifting the ocean. Yeah, yeah, they get like st- stuck out in the ocean, and then probably one of them's like, "I can't do it," and then the other one like puts their forehead against the other person's forehead, and they're like, <laughs> "It's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this." Uh, I want to know how many times they do that move—the whole forehead to forehead. I don't know, but I know I know what happens. Like I know the the true story, so I know the the twist. Oh shit! There's a twist to it. I'm thinking just from the trailer that I saw. I'm thinking that there is a twist, and uh, I do know what it is. Anyway, is the, uh, the, the twist is they don't do the forehead to forehead move. <laughs> they don't do the forehead to forehead. <laughs> That's a trick. That's a trick that they that they they fooled us on the post. They actually hate each other, and they don't They're talk. Love they all. don't talk for for the entire time. Oh, that would be amazing. You're stuck out on a boat with somebody you just despise. Oh, that would be awful. If that was the case, I might go see that movie. Uh, We also have Action Point. This is the Johnny Knoxville comedy. It's kind of an interesting concept. You know, you're blending an actual movie with Act with real stunts. So it's a movie with actors and a plot and a script and everything. But then you're you're meshing that in with the jackass style stunts. Yeah. Kind that of interesting. interesting. Yeah, that could be interesting. I like the idea too of this like uninsured, unlicensed, extremely dangerous amusement park. <laughs> So, could be fun. We also have American Animals. This is the uh, the new one from Bart Layton. He's the uh, director of The Imposter, which was a fantastic documentary. I love The Imposter. Yeah. This one, uh, I, I caught this at Sundance. It's it's decent. This is another one that does a, a lot, uh, something actually quite interesting where he combines the documentary style with the actual movie. Um, so you have these sort of interludes with the real people that this movie is based on in the movie. So it's hard to describe, but like there'll be a scene that's happening with the actors, you know, having a conversation and it'll sort of like cut away or the camera will turn and the real person will be sitting there and they'll like give some sort of commentary or clarify something so it's really interesting how he sort of put this together. I mean, this is, uh, I think his goal was to make a, a re, this is more of a reenactment than 
a fictionalized account of something real that happened. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Very, very interesting ideas here. I didn't love the movie, but there, I think it starts off really great. Uh, it sort of lost me by the end, but I, it, it does go to some, some really interesting places. So I might recommend checking it out American animals. All right. What else we got here? Breathe. We got a kid like Jake. Um, with Jim Parsons. It's a dramedy, maybe about a kid who uh, I think might be trans. We got All Summer's End. This is a uh, another romantic comedy with Ty Sheridan. Doesn't this one doesn't look great? Oh, it's about that summer love. Yeah, doesn't look great to me. Got the texture of falling. That doesn't doesn't make any fucking sense. The texture of falling. Part psychological drama, part sexual thriller. It's a film that transcends genre and defies classification. Holy shit. Get ready to have your fucking mind blown, Kevin. (laughs) Oh, damn. I mean, you hit me with that title and I thought, okay, this is just pretentious shit. But this sounds like it's a fucking game changer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, Turn its on its head. Yes. And we Texture also have ball. social animals. So you got two animals movies coming out same mm-hmm. week. You yeah. can double bill American animals and social animals. Yeah, there you go. And we got The Last Witness and Hooked also coming out. Let's see what we got on VOD this week. We got uh, The Last Witness director's cut and on the map that those come out Tuesday director's cut is the, uh, the new Adam Rifkin one with uh pen doesn't look very good. Uh, then on June 1st, we have Mary Shelley. That's the, uh, you know, the Mary Shelley biopic with Elle Fanning. We got discreet. I thought that was last week. Doesn't theaters. I last thought we were week. saying, uh, Gotcha. It's on VOD. It's on VOD ah, this week. Okay. Man, she had a bad weekend. <laughs> she did, unfortunately. Blu-ray this week. We got Annihilation. This is the new uh Hell yeah. Yeah, I would re- I would definitely recommend checking out nice. Annihilation, the new Alex Garland. Quite I quite enjoyed that one. I I'm anxious to revisit that actually. We got uh, a new Blu-ray edition of Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. I'd say if you haven't checked this one out, definitely do so. Vinegar Syndrome's putting that out, and they always put out really quality stuff. So definitely uh, take a look. Arrow is putting out Smash Palace from 1981. This is the Richard Donaldson one. Have a We actually have a review for this up on the site as you're listening to this, so you can read my thoughts on it. It's a pretty decent release. Uh, the, the movie's it's all right. It's all right. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't blown away by it, but there's some really excellent, um, car, car, uh, racing sequences that are yeah. kind of crazy. Um, we got the lodgers from, uh, last year coming out. We got the road movie. This is the one that's the sort of experimental film. That's all Russian dash cam videos. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say give it a look. It's pretty interesting, but just just don't expect it to be anything more than Russian dash cam videos because that's exactly what it is. Like, I don't even know if this classifies as a movie. Like, I don't even know if this this director should have been paid any any amount of money for this because he didn't really do anything. Like any like literally anyone can just download a shitload of YouTube videos and put them together just, and release them. Just cut them together. Like there's nothing, there's nothing about it that makes it a movie. They're they're not even really organized in any meaningful way, unless it was like something that was really deep and metaphorical that like completely went over my head. But I I highly doubt that. Uh, we've got they remain. What do we got on Criterion this week? Oh man, we got. A big one for me. 
made a it made a lasting impression on me. And that's Robert Brisson's uh Azard Balthazar, which I fucking hate this movie. And <laughs> <laughs> this is of course like I watched it way back because it's supposed to be like one of the best movies ever. Like in the history of cinema. And it's supposed to be one of Brisson's like just unbelievable best work and i just thought it was garbage i hated it and i wrote a review i just you know my diary on letterbox and i'm just like this is trash i don't like this this is garbage and like people still comment on it like that was like four years ago or something and i I just don't fucking care like i don't fucking care about this movie and i'm never gonna watch it again Stop trying to engage me. Like, it's not good. But you might like it. Check it out. I don't know. A lot of people love it. I just, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see what everyone else is seeing. So that's coming out. It's getting a re-release. And then you also have uh, Midnight Cowboy. It's coming out. Dustin Hoffman and John Voight. Big fan. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen this. I think I've seen. Well, I watched it. Bits. Yeah, I, I watched it for the first time maybe a couple years ago, or maybe it was like a year ago, I don't know, but uh, it was fairly recent that I saw that for the first time, and I really enjoyed it. I I mean, I do have to point out that it has a shit ton of special features on there. The video essay, commentary, commentary, photo gallery with commentary, uh, short film made on location, uh, a documentary, two short documentaries. Damn. Interview with John Voight from 1970, Voight's original screen test, an interview from 2000, excerpts from 2002 BAFTA tribute to Schlesinger. I mean, that's a that is a robust list of uh, special features. Yeah, that's packed. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net at filmpulsekevin. Give you a minute. Take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.